It's good to be able to look up folks every once in a while. Amen. Amen. Believe it or not, my dad was about probably four inches shorter than Brother Horn. Uh, yeah, a little bitty guy. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I was 13 years old, and I could stick my arm out, and he could walk under it. But I was about six foot two then, so. <laughs> uh, amen. It's good to be here. I can remember the first and the last time that I was here, uh, the Lord spoke to me very, uh, very clearly through the preaching of Brother Horn. And uh, I so appreciate that. And uh, I'm kindly uh, out of my zone. I'm not, a, I'm not a teacher. I told Brother Philip coming over here, he's a teacher. This boy can teach. But I'm more of a preacher, and uh, so I'm liable to preach a little bit, but uh, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come, and uh, I appreciate uh, uh, people that will just come out on Friday night and say, God, I want to I get closer to you. I want to learn more about you. The Bible says to they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. So I want to go to the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, I've really been just praying uh, through, throughout the whole time that Brother Horn called and asked me to come. And again, brother, I thank you so much. And uh, I count it an honor and a privilege to, uh, to minister here tonight. And uh, I, won't, I, I come with just one purpose, and that is to help whoever I can help. I feel like the Lord did give me a word for you this morning uh, in prayer. And... Uh, and I'm so thankful for that. I, I'll be honest with you, through the last week, I've just really been praying, and, and I didn't have a whole lot popping up. But this morning, I mean, early this morning, as soon as I walked into my office, the Lord began to speak a word to me that he wants me to deliver here tonight. And uh, uh, I, like, I like new things. I mean, like this, uh, uh, new ministries. But the thing about new ministries is that you just have to stay with them. Amen. Tonight we have just a handful here, but if we'll stay with it, amen, I, I believe we could have this house packed out with folks that's ready to lead people. Praise God. Let me, let me take my jacket off. That'd be all right. Amen. I have, uh, I have quite a bit of scripture I want to read tonight because, uh, and, I, I, and I'm usually a man that takes lots of notes. I'll usually uh, uh, write my entire sermon down. A lot of times I preach one page of it. Other times I preach all 10, 12, whatever it is. And, uh, but usually I'll, 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 I'll write a 10-page, uh, uh, when I say 10 pages, that's 10 pages a lot of times front and back, so it's 20 pages. And... Uh, and when I get to preaching, I, I really have to watch the time now because not I'll just preach till page 20. But, uh, but I told the Lord today, my heart has been so full that uh, I, I told Brother Philip, come over here, I, I just wrote about half the notes I usually write. I just, because I want the Holy Ghost to speak to us tonight. Amen. There's a, uh, we're, we're living in a very vital hour. Uh, uh, our world needs this gospel more than uh than it does anything else. And there's a lot of things that is reaching to our world today that's winning the world uh, besides the gospel. And uh, so tonight I just asked the Lord, I said, Lord, when I get started here, I just want you to speak 
uh, have your way here today. So if you will, go, let's go to Genesis chapter 15, verse 7, and then we're going to turn to Genesis 17, and then we're going to Numbers 13, and Numbers 14, and Ephesians 4. That's just a little bit out of all these, so it won't take a whole lot, long time. But uh, uh, Genesis chapter 15, verse 7, and he said unto him, talking about the Lord, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur, the Chaldees, to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take me a heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon, and he took him un, unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against the other. But the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham drove them away, or Abram. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto him, Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that, it's, that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve I will judge and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. All right, Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abram, said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, in the generations of an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee. And to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee. And to thy seed after thee. The land. Everybody say the land. The land where thou art a stranger. All the land of Canaan. For an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. I want you to notice there. That God promised Abraham two different times. He said, I'm going to give you the land of Canaan. It's going to be your possession. You're going to possess it. Your children are going to possess it. It's yours by promise. I'm going to make a covenant with you, and you shall possess this land. Amen. I want you to understand that God has given us many promises throughout the word of God. But it's up to you and I tonight to receive those promises by faith that we may walk in them. Now let's read in Numbers 13. We're going to jump ahead 400 years now. Amen. 
And, and I read to you there, I believe in uh, chapter 15, where God said uh, that, that he's going to have his people is going to go into a country and that, that people's going to be afflicted uh, by him. But he's going to bring them out with great substance. Verse chapter 13 of Numbers, verse 1 through 3, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel of every tribe of their fathers, shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. Notice that these were mature men. They, were, they should have been uh, spiritually mature men. They should have been men that had been talking about the promises of Abraham throughout their heart household for many years and looking for those promises to come to pass. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. Verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the Lord, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search, search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And, and there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and we were in their sight. Oh, turn two pages, hold on. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night, and the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or, we, or would God we had died in this wilderness? What a mind frame to have when you're standing on the edge, on the very brink of a 400-year promise about to come to pass. Oh, I wish we would have just died in Egypt. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord's going to help us here a little bit tonight. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ." Amen. Let us pray tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to be in your holy presence tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, for the people that have come tonight, Lord, to be led of the Holy Ghost. And Lord, tonight we need you to come. 
I'm asking you, Lord, that you would lead us, Lord, into deeper depths of faith tonight, Lord, that you would touch our minds and our hearts right now, God. God, in the areas of our life, Lord, that is not in tune with your will and your way, God, I pray, God, align it tonight that we may begin to walk by faith, Lord, according to your word and according to your promises, Lord. God, I pray your anointing upon me right now. Break the yoke of bondage, Lord, that would hold me hostage tonight, that would keep me, Lord, from speaking the truth, that will set the captive free. For your word declares that ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. God, we ask your blessing right now. Lead us, guide us, instruct us. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord tonight, and you can be seated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I just have a word for, for you tonight. I, I feel like that God wants me to deliver. And it simply is, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, and God said, you can do it. Amen. And we could go home right now. If we can grasp what I've just said Everything about God, everything about his kingdom, everything about his word, everything about ministry, God said, I'm not saying, God said, it's a big deal. Amen. It's a big deal. And we, we could stop right now and think about the things in life that are really big deals Amen. And, and the time and the energy and the money that we spend to make that a big deal. And then we need to evaluate that and look toward the things of God and say, do I really treat the, the things of God like I do the other big deals? Amen. Amen. So I, I want you, if you don't get anything else tonight, I want you to get a hold of this word. Everything that you ever do for God must be a big deal to you. Now, it don't have to be a big deal to your neighbor. It don't have to be a big deal to your daddy or your mama. But if you want to be successful, amen, in the kingdom of God, God said, all I care about is that it be a big deal in your life. Amen. The children of Israel, God gave them a promise. And for 400 years, God was reminded them through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There was a land called Canaan. He said, that land is yours. I promise you, I'm going to get give it to you. You're going to have to go through something to receive it, but after you go through through it for 400 years, you're going to come out of there with a high hand, and God's going to bless you, and you're going to be successful, and you're going to step into the land of Canaan, and Canaan is going to be yours. It's a big deal. That's why the children of Israel running around in the wilderness for 40 years when they stood on the very brink, when they walked into the promised land, they carried fruit from the promised land and still yet died in the wilderness because it wasn't a big deal to them. It was like it was a fairy tale. It was like that God was a liar. And the promise, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. The promise that he had made to them was only a fairy tale. If God said it, believe it and believe that it's a big deal with God. Amen. Our promises are a big deal through Jesus Christ. He paid the ultimate price. Amen. God will never.
you up to fail. He'll never put a desire in your heart to do something for the kingdom of God to make you a failure. No, honey. He'll give you a promise. He'll give you a desire. Amen. With the mentality that you're going to conquer whatever challenges come your way, that you'll fulfill the very desires of God. It's not a church service that goes by that it's not a big deal to me. You hear me? I don't care what kind of service it is. If it's a service under God, my Bible tells me that everything that you put your hand to for the Lord, amen, or everything that you, whatever work that you put your hand to, do it as unto the Lord. That's just good teaching. I taught my sons that. I said, I want you to understand something. When you go to work for a man, amen, and he's paying you a wage, I don't want you to work like you're working for your father, but I want you to work like you're working for God that sees everything. It sees your idle time. It sees when you're when you're really got your heart in it or you don't. We need to do it all as unto him. There's nothing bigger than your God. There's nothing greater than your God. Amen. Therefore, everything that we do for the kingdom of God is a big deal. Hallelujah. In order to finish... In order to finish that building, that building has to be a big deal. When you wake up in the morning, pray over that building. Amen. When you, when you go to bed at night, pray over that building and just let God know, Lord, this thing, this, this, this promise that you've given to us, it's just as big to me as it is to you. I know just a little bit about building. Hey man, I don't want to build nothing. I told my wife here not long ago, I said, I really don't want to build nothing. But when God puts a desire in you, brother, whether you want to build or not, it must become a big deal to you because it's a big deal to God. That word, I got to get that in you somehow. You've got to understand living for God, every service is a big deal. Sunday morning service. Amen. It's the biggest deal in the church for me. There's something about the Sunday morning service. The presence of God is so fresh and the anointing is there. But most of all, that's when our visitors come. Amen. When they come to the house of God, they don't need to walk in and smell a stale house. They need to walk in and smell a fresh house. When they come to the house of God, it ought to be a clean house. Amen. And I want to tell you, whenever people make the house of God a big deal, all of that stuff falls in place. Amen. The prayer, when we make the services of God a big deal, you don't have to ask nobody to pray. They're already in the prayer room praying because they know this service is a big deal to God. It's a big deal. This meeting is a big deal. It's important, Brother Horn, that this meeting doesn't die. What is it? Many mentoring. Just why I'm giving you a little bit tonight. It's many. Got five pages, not ten. Hello, it's many. But I believe before it's over, this thing will be maximized by the greatness of God. 
because people's going to wake up and understand that this whole thing that we're doing, it is a big deal. $10,000 building fund. This is a big deal to God. Or 101000 Let me put my glasses on. Building is a big deal to God. I had a 70-year-old Baptist woman. I love Baptist folks. I was one one time, got delivered. Like my old buddy said, he was a Baptist, and I baptized him in Jesus' name and got the Holy Ghost. He said, well, everybody's got to have a starting place. I said, yeah, that's right. Good starting place. Just got the gymnasium put up. I was proud as a peacock. I mean, when you go to building something, hell's coming down. You hear me? Because it's a big deal to hell. When he sees another building going up, amen, that tells him that man of God thinks he's going to win enough people to fill that thing up. And if I don't throw something in the wheel to stop the wheels from turning, it's going to happen because he serves a God of promise. He serves a God that is, my God, he serves a God that is faithful. He serves a God that understands. Don't you think that you'll ever build that building without a fight from hell? He'll use everything and every, everybody that he can to come against you. But when, it's, when God sees that it's a big deal every day in your heart, I want to tell you, the little things that seems big to us, it draws the favor of God into your life. God smiles upon it. When we don't despise the day of small things, God favors it. When he hands you something that's little, amen, and you says, God, I'm going to cause this thing to grow. I'm going to cause this thing to prosper. Miles on it. And that little sweet Baptist woman known me all my life. She was my school teacher at one time. I'm walking in the store, been fighting hell for two years, building this thing. She walks up to me and gnarls her face up. She says, What are you building those big buildings for? I just be honest, I'm going to just slap her. So I'm building those big buildings down there so I can win all of Batson and they be full of the Holy Ghost poking in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. <laughs> to her, those buildings was a small thing, but those buildings are a big thing because God said, I'm going to save a world and fill them up. Our meetings, when we gather here, has to become big in our faith. They got to carry meeting. We've got to understand we come to the house of God. It's a big deal with God. God is not coming here to meet with people that's full of sin, that's full of arrogancy or pride. No, he's coming to meet with the people that has humbled themselves in prayer and in fasting and seeking the face of God through his word. Amen. And honey, I want to tell you, every time you come through the door, it's going to be a big deal with God. Uh, the psalmist said, 
I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy world wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy works and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, in the sanctuary, who is so great a God as our God. Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared the strength among the people. Tonight, our God's greatness is so vast. Just his greatness, the Bible says, is unsearchable. I believe that's why the, the, the psalmist said, I'm going to go back. Amen. I'm going to rem, rem, uh, reminisce a little bit. I'm going to walk back over your wonders. And I'm going to declare unto myself how great you are. Because when I wake up in the morning, I want everybody to know that my life is a big deal. Because I've got a big God that's involved in it. We don't wake up daily with the ideal that it's a big deal with God every day. You'll wake up one day and go to, press, go to, go to bed depressed because hell will rob your faith. That's why it's good to go back over the word of the Lord. Amen. I want you to know our God's greatness is so vast. Think about it. He pulled a woman out of the side of Adam. Uh, a woman. I can see that. The pe people of the world, they can't. They want to get biblical. He didn't pull a woman out. He pulled a real. That's right. He pulled a real out. That's even more of a miracle, honey. Amen. And when he pulled that real out, he looked into the life of Adam. Amen. That was void and empty and needed something else. And he said, I know exactly what you're gonna, what you need to change. Eve, here you go. You need a woman in your life. Now to, to the elephants, that probably wasn't a very big deal. To the chimpanzees, Eve. Now, I, I just can't help but believe Eve was one foxy chick. She was the first woman ever created. I don't think God messed up nowhere. Amen. I think everything was pretty plain. She was the perfection of womanhood. Amen. She was perfect. Amen. From her twinkling of her nose to her little tiny toes. It wasn't nothing but perfection because God said, I'll walk with her in the cool of the evening. She'll feel my God. I'll feel the Holy Ghost. She'll feel my presence. She'll know my love. She'll know my concerns. Oh, that monkey looked at her and went, yeah, she don't look like my old lady. <laughs> oh, elephant looked at her and there's no trunk going around and said, no. Nope. The Bible says there that, that, that God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. I can see him when he woke up. I mean, all these scenes of cows eating grass, the goats pulling weeds. And when he opened up his eyes and Eve standing before him, my God, that's a big deal. <laughs> the monkey don't think it's a big deal. The oven don't think it's a big deal. But they don't know what I've been. It's a big deal. 
Oh, the Lord pulled a rib out of old Adam and made a woman. We get to heaven, Adam, he said, it was a big deal at the moment. There's some moments that just have to be big deals in our lives. And this is it. He pulled a woman out of the side of Adam and through that vast action, he created a holy nation with the man and the woman and a man named Abraham. He created a holy nation that will worship and serve him throughout all eternity. Honey, I want to tell you that's a big deal. Hello, something that will last forever that come from man and woman, that's a big deal. We got people having divorces every day, dying out on God every day, couldn't last a year. But God said, hey, in an hour, I created something that caused a nation to rise up that'll worship me forever. It's gonna be a big deal in our hearts. Can't just be a big deal for the pastor. Remember when I announced to my mom and sisters that I was quitting my job, making one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, coming home to build a church. Mom was like, "You're gonna do what? You ain't gonna have a job?" I said, "No, I'm gonna have a job. Be working for Jesus." Mom didn't have the face she got today. She was like, I hope there is a Jesus. I'll never forget when I walked out that Sunday afternoon, my oldest sister looked at me and said, this is a big deal. I said, well, I got at least one that understands where I'm coming for. Amen. She looked at me, just kind of winked, said, this is a big deal. believe that folks whether the rest of this world believes it or not amen you need to believe it's a big deal every Sunday morning for you to be here you hear me because you got a man of God amen that's preaching behind that pulpit it's good to preach to saints but it does a pastor's heart good to see three or four visitors that the saints of God believes that it's a big deal for them to witness to people and knock doors and bring them to the house of God this thing needs to be a big deal for everybody amen the pastor can crawl into his study and pray God and tell him this thing's a big deal give me a fresh word that'll lift the saints and convert the sinner and God will do it because it is a big deal God honors big deal people There's people at ball games tonight. There's people at Pizza Hut tonight. They checking out the new El Dorado Mexican place over at Liberty, whatever it is, El Burrito. That's a big deal to them. Uh, there's people tonight that, that's at the gambling boat that have probably spent $100,000 because that's a big deal to them. 
but we serve a God today that said, if my people counts this as a big deal, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face knowing that I'm a big deal God. He said right in the middle of their small amount that they're calling big, I'm gonna cause the power of God and the anointing of God to come down and break the yokes of sin and bondage in a community's life and I'm gonna cause their big deal to become real. Somebody say, I need a real big deal. I said, I need a real big deal. I need it to happen tonight. I tell you, a real big deal, that's, that's a little bit better than a happy meal. I know tonight some happy meal's a real big deal to some. But those that's been called by his name... Those that's been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ who were once dead in their sins but now made alive in Christ through water baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. This thing is the real big deal. My God. God said we need to stop looking outside the church for things to enhance the kingdom and open ourselves up to our great God and allow him to birth new things within us. Hello? Amen. Amen. Abraham didn't have nothing that we have today. I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful for commentary. I'm thankful for all of that. But what he did have, what our world doesn't have, is a faith in the God that had spoke to him. I believe that God in some way or another has spoken to all of us. But the difference between us and Abraham, it was a big deal to Abraham. Big deal. Somebody say it's a big deal. Amen. Write it in your Bible. Pray over it every morning. Say, God, help my mind to remember that my Christian life is a big deal to you. It may not be no big deal to anybody else, but it's a big deal to you. I believe before we can start in any kind of ministry, we've got to have that faith. If not, we'll just wallow in our folly. Amen. Before your ministry will ever get off the ground, it's got to be bigger to you than anybody else. Because there's going to be some days, Brother Horn, in the midst of this building fund, you'll step up there. I know what it's like. God gives you a message on faith that he can do anything. And there ought to be 25 people in the house, and you're looking at three. Can I tell you, your ministry better be a big deal at that moment. Hello, somebody. We built our church. I've told this story many times. We built it on prayer and fasting and selling lunches, selling peanut bread. Amen. Having extravaganza once a year. By faith, it was a big deal. I, I, I would set a, a date. You know, March is a, is a very hard place to set a date not to get rained on. I've been doing this thing a long time. Amen. It's a, it's a hard date, but at the same time, it's the best time, remember this, brother, to raise money. Because at the end of March, everybody gets their tax returns. 
Hello? Amen. So end of March, 1st of April, best time. Have any kind of, write that down. Best time to have any kind of fundraiser. Because if you don't get it, they're going to go put it in a slot machine. They'll go buy them a mini bike or, or, or an old horse that's going to die on next week. But if you can catch them in the right time, now I'm mentoring. I'm mini mentoring right now. So when I set a date, I just set her in stone. This is day. And people would call me, Brother Hutchbeth, have you looked at the weather? I said, yeah, but I read my Bible. The Bible says consider not the clouds. <laughs> Hello? Amen. Don't wake up in the morning and say, this ain't a big deal because it's a cloudy day. Amen. You wake up in the morning and say, this is a big deal because I serve a God. Amen. That speaks to the clouds. The very dust of his feet, the Bible says, are the clouds and God can move out of my way anytime that he gets ready. It's a big deal every day for a Christian. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Started having those extravaganzas. Started raising money to build our church. I remember the first extravaganza that we ever had. I, it just blowed up. I told my wife, I said, next week we're having extravaganza. She said, what's that? I said, we're going to gather up everything we can do, have a big auction, feed everybody in Batson. Amen. See what the Lord will do. Got up before the church. Amen. It was a big deal to me, so I made it a big deal to them. Hello? Amen. Most of the big stuff that we've done in our church has been done because it's been a big deal to me, and I finally confidence the, convinced the church to make it a big deal to them too. It's a joint effort. It's got to be a big deal from the front door to the back door. Everything, because we serve a big God, it's not because of the pastor. It's because that we serve a God that never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he'll give Abraham's descendants a 400-year, amen, promise, honey, I want to tell you, he'll fulfill every big deal in our life if our faith will hold to it. Amen. We started fundraising. We started building money. And uh, we had to have $6,500. I don't know how y'all done y'all's building. But I had to have $6,500. It was a down payment on my building. So they'd give me the blueprint so I could have my slab poured. And they said, I don't care if it takes you 10 years after that to pay this building off. We'll hold it for you. When you get your money, call and we'll deliver it. So, okay. Praise God. So we, we, we worked and saved up enough money to pour our slab. Got our slab poured. Amen. And for about a year and a half, we were selling peanut brittle. Every week, we were selling lunches back and forth to school. Amen. It was a big deal. Every week it was a big deal because we had a slab out there that didn't have a building on it. We had to have $36,000 for them to deliver our building. I remember, I remember the day, brother, when we made that $36,000. That was with all my money pool in it, all the church's money pool in it. It was $36,000. I told my wife, I had two young boys at the time. I told my wife, I said, I'm calling it that building. She said, I don't know that we ought to do that. We'll be broke. I said, yeah, but this is a big deal. <laughs> you see, whenever it's, whenever it's God's stuff and it's a big deal to you, there's a favor that goes with it. Now, now I didn't know that at the moment. But after building for years now, I finally figured out that you can trust him. You can step out on the limb and they can cut the limb out from under you. Honey, I want to tell you, you'll be standing in the palm of God. But he's not going to let you fall. He said the steps of a good man are what? Ordered of the Lord. 
$36,000. I got on the phone. I called that guy. I said, hey, man, got our slab down. We're ready to put this building up. He said, all right, we'll deliver it Monday. I said, all right. Monday, come along. I wrote that man a $36,000 check. And I was broke as Job's turkey on Monday. I was running about 25 folks then. I was pretty faithful. Come Wednesday, there wasn't no milk in the icebox. Wife was getting worried. I'll go ahead and tell you, pastor was too. I go to church, you know. This is a big deal to pastor. And I get to church and there was 12 people there. Wednesday night. Hallelujah. I passed that old offering pan around. And when all the church was over and everybody left, you know, the first thing I done, I counted it. Ben's I broke. And I had seven mighty dollars in there. Shabba, 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 shabba. I walked out there and shut that door thinking, my God, what am I going to do? And when I turned around, there was this little lady with tears running down her face. And she said, Brother Hutchbeth, my sister's been backslid for two years. And today, she don't know you, but today she called me and said the Lord spoke to her and said to give my tithes to my pastor. And she said, here they are. And I didn't want to jerk them out of her hand, you know, want to be polite. I didn't want to shout and say, thank you, Jesus, but I was happy. And when she walked away, it was a big deal, brother, real big deal. She walked away, and I counted it. It was $3,500 and $100 bills. Whew. Honey, that was a big That was big enough for me. I went home. I shouted. My wife shouted. That was on Monday or Wednesday. And on Saturday, I was in my office praying. Jude, he was about 10 years old, come knocked on the door and said, Pop. So the lady pulled up the driveway and gave me this, told me to give it to you. And I opened it up, and there was $5,000 in $100 bills. And God handed me $8,500 within seven days. And I believe it's all, Brother Horn, because it was a big deal to me and God. And God taught me a very valuable lesson. Whenever I was sitting in my office, I'd been praying and I was broken. And the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, it's just like Elijah and the barrel of meal. As long as you keep this thing a big deal in the kingdom, I will keep pouring it out to you. Taught me a very valuable lesson. So whenever I study for a Wednesday night service, I don't study for a Wednesday night service because my big service is Sunday morning. I study for a Sunday morning service because it's a big deal. When I, stu when I, when I studied for this mini mentoring, I didn't study many. Amen. I prayed a whole lot, but I told God, I said, this is a big deal. It's a ministry that's coming up off the ground. Plant something in our hearts and in our minds that will declare everything that we do is a big deal with him. Oh, clap your hands to Jesus. What time is it? Somebody got a clock? Watch. It's 8 o'clock. Amen. 
my Lord, I feel the Lord here today. I feel the Lord here today. The past, understand me, is full of great men and women just like you and I that God has birthed within the lineage of Christ. Our lineage is enough. In other words, the blood that flows through our veins, amen, that was imparted by Jesus Christ, it is enough, amen. We have what it takes to bring us through the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the spirit of Jesus, amen, to bring the church in this hour to its fullness, amen. If we will just allow the greatness of God to arise in us, I can't express it enough tonight. God's business is a big deal. God's kingdom and our ministry is a big deal to God and it must become a big deal to us. Paul penned the words. He said, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachings. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. Philip, that is a big deal. It don't get any bigger than that. We're headed to a city, amen, whose builder and maker's God and we're for perfecting people to go to that city it's a big deal to God for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body amen every time we step to the pulpit or every time we ought to have greeters at the at the door every Sunday morning ready to edify somebody, whether it be a visitor or a saint of God that's been just living in pure hell. Amen. We've got so much social media. You know what everybody's living in. Amen. you got a brother and sisters that's fallen away from God. We ought to be preparing ourselves in prayer and fasting. And when we're standing at the doors in the morning, we greet them with a smile and tell them, Jesus loves you and I'm praying for you. And it's a big deal with God. Big deal. My, help me, Jesus. It's a big deal. Hear me tonight. These positions, these ministries were divinely designed by God to grow his church, to grow his bride, to grow, most importantly, his children and to keep them functioning and healthy until he comes and picks them up. I want you to know that that's a big deal with God. Can I remind you tonight that babysitting a two-year-old child is a very big deal to a father that leaves that child in your care. He expects that child to be fed. He expects that child to be nourished. He expects that child to be loved. He expects that child to be protected. Amen. We need to remind ourselves daily, this ain't our baby. It's God's baby. And God's baby is a big deal to him. Shared it with Brother Philip today. Ever wondered why the crocodiles didn't eat baby Moses when he came floating down the Nile River. Uh, when baby boys were the regular diet 
catered by Pharaoh's house uh, who had commanded that all the male childs be killed. Uh, amen. Every day they were throwing uh, thousands of babies in, the, in that old Nile River. We know that the Nile uh, is great for the crocodile. Uh, amen. And no doubt they could smell the flesh for miles. Uh, and every time that they throwed one of those babies, uh, it was consumed in a minute. Uh, but honey, let me tell you, when they wrapped old Moses up and put him in that basket and laid him down in the Nile River and it floated by that big daddy crocodile. That old crocodile stood to attention and said, my God, it's a big deal. This is God's promise. Somebody needs to hear me. Amen. You got some stuff floating in on Nile today that God said it's a big deal and it won't be consumed because it's mine. Crocodile can't eat you. You're a big deal to God. This building fund won't consume you, Brother Horn, because you're a big deal to God in Cleveland, Texas. God's going to take this building fund. It's going to stick this church on another level. If it'll become a big deal to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is God's promise delivered child. Amen. Those old crocodiles understood. Amen. It's just a baby right now. But it's going to grow into something big. In 80 years, it went from one despised child that Pharaoh hated to a 2.5 million liberated Jewish nation. We've got to remember tonight. Amen. That little beginnings for God are great big deals to him. His town, Nazareth, couldn't see it. His family and his friends didn't see it. But nonetheless, baby Jesus was a big deal to God. Oh, yeah. Amen. Yet even though God's baby wasn't a big deal to the world, Mary and Joseph made sure that God's baby was a big deal in their life. You hear me? Joseph was the stepfather. He wasn't even the real father of Jesus because the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. He could have turned his back and walked away. But when he seen the favor of God upon Mary, he said, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Church has got to become a big deal to us. Can I tell you that food pantry back there is a big deal to God. Oh, you ought to praise God every day for it. Before he ever done any ministry, before he ever healed anybody, the first thing that he done was fed that hungry belly. When he got that old flesh satisfied, it was then and only then they could take the true meat of God and get the value out of it. Keep feeding the hungry. It's a big deal to God, and he's going to bless you for it. Bless you for it. It's going to bless you for it. God loves it when we make it big deals in our life. It's what God's looking for tonight, a people 
that will take the little things that God hands them and declare them as big things. Spies not the days, small beginnings. Guarantee you, anybody builds something great overnight, it won't stand very long. But somebody that will take the small, meager beginnings that God's hands them and allow them become big deals. Sunday school. I tell our Sunday school teachers all the time, Sunday school is the main attraction on Sunday morning. Uh, because wherever little Johnny's going to be, that's where big Johnny's going to be. Hello, don't you ever think when pastors in here sweating and preaching, uh, amen, that you're insignificant over there in one of those classrooms teaching. You just keep teaching little Johnny and little Sue, amen. What are you doing? You're making it a big deal. The house of God is becoming a big deal for mom and daddy. Uh, you're opening a door wide uh, that the pastor can throw that living bread into their lives, uh, that they can be changed. You're running the game for your pastor. Because it's become a big deal to you. Don't be afraid to allow your imaginations to run wild. When the Bible tells us that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. You can't think of something that's too great for God to accomplish. We raised $141,000. An extravaganza over there. Had people call me crazy, stupid. You've rent your name. But because I made it a big deal, God said, guess what? It's a big deal to me. We give everything. Usually, usually we, we, we would sell everything. Extravaganza. The most that we ever made was $14,000 in about a three-hour time at the church. Just fun, fellowship, have an auction. People all through the community, they come and donate. In 2014, we was out putting a little tent up. That was before we got our, 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 our new gym, gymnasium. We was putting a little tent out on the side of the building, getting ready for the extravaganza. We're going to have it the next day. And I was down there putting those little clips on that tarp, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, I can do better than this. And I had two of my nephews there, cousin nephews. They were in their early 20s, 19, 20. And to tell you the truth, doing everything that I know to do, putting up with everything that I got to put up with, and you know what I'm talking about? All kinds of hell, we hear it, we, we just, we're just going through, trying to make this thing the biggest deal that I can make it. And God said, I can do better than this. This morning in prayer, I thought, man, God was saying, hey, your ideal about this thing ain't big enough. Hello? So it kindly made me mad. I told them boys, I said, hey. I said, the Lord just spoke to me. And I don't, I don't say the Lord speaks to me all the time because I don't, I don't think that he does. A lot of you just get out of the word of God. But I knew that day that the voice of the Lord had spoke to me. And I told him, I said, the Lord said that he could do greater than what we're doing here. And I said, I feel like what he wants us to do instead of selling all this stuff is just give it all the way. They said, let's do it. And I was like, whoa. I said, them people, because see what they do, the, the church, they save up through the year. And at extravaganza time, they bring all these auction items where they picked them up here cheap and they're cheap. And they bring all the auction items, then we auction them off and then we put it in the building fund. It's just a good thing, good fellowship. They said, let's give it all away. I said, we give all that stuff away. 
without telling these people tomorrow, they'll hang us. I probably won't be pastor here. I said, we'll pray about it. So we prayed about it, and we just went on. And this was at the end of March. And on our New Year's Eve service, I was leading service. Brother Palmer was about to preach. And, and the Lord spoke to me again. And he said, I want you to give all that stuff away. Man, I just shut the service down. I said, whoa. And those two boys was there on the front row. I said, you two boys stand up. You're my witnesses. I said, last March, the Holy Ghost spoke to me that he could do better than what we're doing in our extravaganza. And that he wanted us to give all this stuff away. I said, all in favor? Stand up. Whole church stood up. I sat back down. We went on and had church. So that week I went into prayer. And that week the Lord spoke to me. He said, what I want you to do. He said, I want on that day of extravaganza, I don't want you to sell nothing. But on that day, I want the congregation to bring me a free will offering. And I said, okay. So I'll bring it before the church. I said, that day we're giving everything away, selling nothing, all the food. We, 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 we sold crawfish and fish and ate two fay and we just everything. We're just going to give it all away, one big happy party. But at 1 o'clock on that day, we're going to bring the Lord a free will offering. Everybody agree? Everybody agree? I said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. This on Wednesday. I said, we're going to fast this way. I'm going to ask you to fast for three days. And I said, on Sunday... I said, I'm believing the Lord to speak to all of us. And whatever God lays on your heart to bring at that free will offering, I want you to write it down, and that's what we're going to bring that day. Everybody agreement. All right, that's what we're going to do. So we did that. And, uh, and so a couple of weeks went by, and I got to thinking about a few people in the church. You know, they can't hold on to their money. They see something shiny, they just got to buy it. You know, and, and then they'll call the church, wanting, hey, pastor, can you float me alone, you know? Uh, kind of in a bind here, you know. So I got to think about them folks. I said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to put a little box out here in the far for all you folks that don't think you can hold on to your pledge that you want to give. I said, you can bring it weekly and just put it in this box and put your name on it. We're going to put it in account. And they said, okay. But about half of them jumped on that because they knew they couldn't hold it. So on that day of extravaganza, we had all written out, now, now listen to me, the most we'd ever made was $14,000. But on that day, we had already received $18,000 in that box. And so we had a big banner made. We put it down at the four-way stop sign, free crawfish, free food, free gifts. The church brought over $4,500 worth of auction items. I'm talking about guns and fishing poles and igloo ice chests and all that other stuff that goes with it. And, and, and what we've done is we put it, everybody, everybody that come through the driveway, we took their name, put it in a hat. And every 10 minutes, we pulled a door prize out, and we just started giving this stuff away. And we give it all away, and they eat all the food, and they eat all the crawfish. And at 1 o'clock, I went around and shut it all down. I said, look, for all you folks that want to see a miracle, and I want you to know if anybody knows where our church is, for a mile towards Batson and all the way around the curve on both sides of the road was cars parked. Po folks like free stuff. They just like it. They're going to come and eat it up. And I said, all you folks that want to see a miracle, I want you all to come in. And friend, I'm telling you, we walked into our church, every pew, the balcony, everyone was full, all the way around the walls. People lined up against the walls. And we had a little box up there and had old Brother Cotton set up on the platform. And they started singing and worshiping the Spirit of God began to fall. And they started bringing all of their, their free will offering and put it in. 
And uh, I had, had some ladies designated, about five of them. And as soon as everybody brought their offering, they took the box back in my office, clan, counted out real quick. And Sister Jada made up 22 checks to put the amount on. And I told Brother Cotton, precious man, I told him, I said, Brother, I said, I want you to announce how much is this. And he, he's real tenderhearted. He cries. She said, drop a hat. I said, I know you're going to cry. So you go ahead and get all that crying done, and I want you to announce it real loud. And so he did. He cried. And, and my wife come through the doors, and I could see the expression on her face like, my God in heaven. And I, and I, and I missed a lot of things. The Wednesday before this happened, I was preaching, and the Holy Ghost spoke while I was preaching under the anointing. And God said, I'm going to give you over $100,000. And, brother, you could have heard a pin drop in that house. After service, they put it on, on Facebook. Pastor said, God said, he's going to give us over $100,000. And I had, I had men call me and said, man, you messed your name up. But it was a big deal to God. And at the moment, it was a very big deal to me. Needless to say, when they came through and they had that check, and I handed it to Brother Open the Cotton, and he, he opened that check, and they, he read it. It was $139,122. A miracle. How'd a man that was standing at the back door run and fell at my feet and give his heart to God? I'm saying, it's a big deal. And when we got done, the, the cedar chest that, that the brother had made, he said, brother, can I sell that outside? I said, yeah, go ahead. And he sold it for $1,500. And when we totaled it up, it was $141,000, 10 times more than what we had ever done. It's a big deal when we make a big deal out of God's kingdom. And you can do it. I only got through about three pages of my notes, but that was, that was the title of my message. It's... It's a big deal, and you can do it. All of Israel stood on the boundary line of their promise, but they said, no, it's just not that big a deal to us. It's not worth fighting the giants. It's not worth risking our lives. But old Caleb said, I'm convinced it's a big deal, and God's favor's on us, and we can do it. Clap your hands to Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've been a great, great audience. I'm sorry today I am not a, a teacher, but I am a preacher. But uh, truly today, this is a word, a word for this church. It's a big deal. Make it a big deal. Make your prayer life. This will, will never be a big deal unless your prayer life's a big deal. Because this is where you get the vision of that. Prayers where you get the vision of all of this. Amen. I'd have never had the word this morning without prayer. I fretted and worried all week. What am I going to? I told Philip the other day, I said, I don't know what I'm going to teach. But this morning in prayer, God said, it's a big deal. Tell them it's a big deal. Make it up. You can't make it too big. You can't make it too big. I love you. Amen. God bless you. One more time, clap your hands to the Lord, Brother Horn comes. Amen. It is a big deal.
you're like me, I'm going to have to chew on this and digest it. 